Dustin and I have had like we've had such a wonderful acting relationship and so we really were missing each other a lot and so it was so nice to actually have him there on the day to to act along with so were you looking at each other like, like- no I mean I could just feel his handsome presence kind of down <laughs> down the room but yeah I was just looking at a blank computer screen that whole time. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to EW On Set. I'm Patrick Gomez. I'm Shana Naomi Krockmall. This is our companion podcast to the sixth and tragically final season of Schitt's Creek. Oh, we're so sad about it ending, but that's okay because we're going to be here weekly, bright and early, every Wednesday morning after episodes air Tuesday on the CBC and Pop TV. We'll have recaps and exclusive on set interviews with members of the cast and crew that make this fantastic show. This week, we're going to be talking about episode 603, which was written by Michael Short and directed by Andrew Cividino. If I said that name wrong, Andrew, I'm so sorry. If you haven't seen this episode yet, watch it first, because we are not going to spoil outside of the episode so far of this season, but we are definitely going to give away what it is that happens in the third episode. I mean, it's a recap podcast. Yeah. If you weren't expecting that, I don't know what to tell you. You're going to hear from Eugene Levy, Annie Murphy, Dustin Milligan, Emily Hampshire, Sarah Levy. We have a lot of people talking about this episode because it's a great episode yeah. and we have a lot to say. We have a lot to say. So let's and just dive right in. Let's get into let's dive it. Dive right in because guess what? Ted's back. Ted's back. Ugh. We missed Ted. I missed his animal puns mm-hmm. and we get one right off the bat. I do have to tell you that I've been thinking about you a lot. Shameless plug, but if you haven't listened to our binge podcast, we did a bonus episode where I talked to Dustin Milligan at length about his puns. He loves puns, as do I, and he just kept putting them into things until basically they sort of, he wore the, like the crew would laugh all the time, and finally Dan was like, fine, fine, you can have some puns. (laughs) He's very funny. So charming. And it's so great to see him back. It's been a question mark, a little bit of like, What's up with Ted? He's in the Galapagos. Alexis misbooked her flight, so she is not joining him. It's their anniversary, mm-hmm. and they are Skyping um, and basically trying to have... Things get a little little yeah, steamy. A little, a little Skype situation, um, but of course, a series of family members come and interrupt them. Very reminiscent to the episode um, where David is with... Um, I'm going to forget his Jake. name, right? Jake. Yes. And, um, yes. and everyone keeps walking in. I love, I love these little callbacks we're getting in this final I, season. I mean, it's a nice reminder that even though we've seen David spend a lot of time at Patrick's house, he does seem to technically still live at that motel in these two to, you know, pairs of people are four adults functionally living in a two-room, like, motel Love my family. is really That's overstating the worst <laughs> Yes. Worst so, nightmare. Very funny. Everybody out so I can finish off with Ted. Sick. Ugh, goodbye, please. We talked with Justin Milligan about Alexis and Ted and their um, trying to make long-distance work and how that works for them. Thank you, Dustin, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So what did you think in general about when you sort of found out Ted is going to be off in the Galapagos, Alexis is not going to be there? How did you approach thinking about what that was going to mean for Ted and how what you were going to bring to that character? Yeah, I mean, that was something that we sort of knew before going into the season. Dan and I had had a conversation um, just in general about, yeah, like what is the best approach to this relationship now? Where do we, like we've done the will they, won't they thing so much. So it's like, how can we actually, you know, pull a realistic and meaningful 
and still different kind of storyline out of this. And I think when I when, when it came down to it and I was like, okay, so this is what the dynamic is going to be for this final season. Uh, I loved it. I think it's actually a very honest and real approach to it. And I love, you know, these characters, they've had so many kind of silly things pull them apart. And I love that this is actually feels like real life. And I love that in this final season that it's, you know, as much as we've been living in this sort of fun, lighthearted bubble of Shit's Creek, that with these two characters specifically, and I think with everybody, but with Ted and Alexis, like, this is, okay, a real-life moment that people can really relate to. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that a lot of people have faced and a lot of people have struggled with. And I think with Ted and Alexis, to actually have them be like, yeah, wait, can we do this? Are we strong enough to do this? So Alexis has apparently been reading long-distance relationship blogs. She wants to make it work so hard. She wants to, and that's how she's trying to figure out. Like, that's her source of information about how to make a long-distance relationship work. Um, And one of the things that she has learned is that you should try to keep little mementos or ways to have little pieces of each other in your life. And so she gets a turtle and names it Ted. Which to me is kind of creepy. I found it weird. I mean, I understood from an Alexis point of view, like how that would happen, but it's a little weird. You get that beautiful moment of comedic timing when um, Alexis opens the turtle food and smells it and her face. And then she tries to like convince herself it's like good and she's excited about it. And yeah, that perfect little Alexis squeak. Um, But yeah, it's a little weird. And then, of course, because I don't know who would have ever thought it was a good idea for Alexis Rose to have a pet. Of any kind. Being caring of anything living beyond a plant. No, I feel like she would be the first to say that, but she's this is like an extension of her relationship with Ted, and she immediately loses the turtle. But that's why you shouldn't name an animal after your loved one. Like because their lifespans are oh, I don't know, turtles live a long time, but not these smaller ones. Um, yeah. Uh, like it's just asking it's for little, like weird things to happen. I mean, also weird is the fact that Ted, who has discovered a new species of fly that can mate with itself, and he decides we learn later in the episode to name it Alexis. Ugh. I mean, they're trying. They're trying so hard, um, and it ends with the biggest try, which is so sweet. Um, Twyla ends up helping Ted orchestrate this date. Yes. Uh, Alexis gets picked up at the motel. I love the sincerity with which she tells the driver. How do I know this isn't like an abduction or something? It's not an abduction. You didn't blink. I believe you. Um, Okay, I'll be out in five. She knows from experience what it's like to have somebody want to kidnap you and actually succeed. Um, So he takes her to the Skype date at the cafe. We spoke to both Annie Murphy and Dustin Milligan about this scene. So they try and make long distance work. We yes. see this really uh, touching moment with with Twyla where she kind of sets up your anniversary dinner. Uh, tell us about filming that and and what went into the logistics of filming that even. Um, so D- Dustin was actually physically there on the day, like many booths down in the cafe. Um, but it was a really sweet and sad scene to shoot nonetheless because you just see the love and the kindness and the romance that still exists between these two characters and that you know Ted went to all this trouble well really Twyla went to all this trouble on Ted's behalf to make this special moment um and you just see how much they 
do miss each other and do love each other. And, um, and Dustin and I have had, like, we've had such a wonderful acting relationship. And so we really were missing each other a lot. And so it was so nice to actually have him there on the day to, to act along with. Um, so were you looking at each other? Like, like- no, I mean, I could just feel his handsome presence kind of down, <laughs> down the room. But yeah, I was just looking at a blank computer screen that whole time. <laughs> so we shot the Skype stuff in one single day. The way the schedule worked out, it was actually my last day of filming on okay. the show. You know, you're trying to create this this distance, and the reality is I had Annie literally as far away as you are right now from me uh, reading lines. Like, I'm sitting at a desk at one point, and she's at, on the other side of the desk sitting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but Anna, and to be, you know, I love Annie Murphy so much. She is so talented and so funny, but also such a gracious and kind and genuinely grounded human being and the best partner I could ask for. Um, And so there was something so wonderful and fitting and appropriate on, let alone a narrative, but on an emotional level, uh, just between us as actors to be there for what was my last, literally my last day of filming, uh, to be there together in the same room, despite there being this huge distance. Uh, it was, it was strange, uh, and surreal. Um, but again, also just so lovely because I was sitting there with my buddy and we we got to have these little sweet moments. Um, and because she was physically so close to me, there was, I think the intimacy was, I hope, uh, sort of came across as well. Yeah. yeah. Was it hard to keep your eyeline correct with her being close enough or like her? I'll, I'll say this. Uh, there was a hockey game on that night. So like, <laughs> like I, no matter what distractions I wanted to have, cause I couldn't indulge in any of it. Cause like the entire crew was like, okay, let's go. Just, we got to get the, to the game. Like hurry up, do your scenes, do your scenes. So, <laughs> so it was, uh, I was, I was pretty focused. I, you know, there's a, there's a lot of kind of longer speechy lines that both of us have in those scenes. And, uh, yeah, I, I just tried to dial in and focus on them because, um, yeah, as much as I, I'd love to have this indulgent moment, uh, emotional moment as, as an artist as, and as an actor, <laughs> I, I knew that my crew just wanted to go watch the game. I love the date, but I also love the moment between Alexis and Twyla. Their friendship is something that I've grown to love. Twyla was this character that pops in and pops out, but even though she maybe only has a line or two in most episodes, she's a character I'm invested in, and I love love this journey for her and Alexis. And I love it especially because it could have so easily been the other way. Like, she could have been a mean girl, she could have been a nice girl who, after um, Alexis steals her boyfriend, turns out to not be such a nice girl. And instead, Twilight is just kind of constantly reaching for this place of kindness. And we talked to Sarah Levy about that and about the friendship between these two characters. And the very different character Twilight could have been. Yes. A lot of Twilight scenes are with Alexis. Yeah. Uh, And we see this really touching moment with her where they're setting up, she sets up this date uh, for them. Yeah. Walk us through why you feel Twyla and her Alexis are close to the level that you would want to do that. I mean, they had the same boyfriend at one point. I know. They could hate each other. They could like, hate. Quite, like, no one would no one would be surprised or think ill of Twyla if she was like, this girl is not, he's like so terrible and selfish and I just can't be friends with her. Oh, yeah. And instead, yeah. Twyla has been so generous, generous with Alexis over and over again. I, Twyla and Alexis's relationship 
is the most special to me in this whole show. Um, I think they've, I think they're really similar in age. We don't actually know what their ages are or who's older or younger, but considering they come from such different backgrounds, there is such common ground and they have developed this really wonderful bond um, over the counter at the cafe, over some tea, over a smoothie and um, kale smoothie, hold the kale. Over the kale smoothie. We know it's it's, it's a seasonal <laughs> smoothie. We don't know what's in it. Um, it's just whatever was back <laughs> Exactly. Sure it changes fine. every day. Some turtle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, they, but they really just have a, um, an incredible relationship that, yeah, withstood a lot of stuff the te- the mutt thing being one of them i even reading it was like wait a second why isn't she mad i'd be pissed like what um but I, but i rationalize it in twyla's head thinking well our relationship had run its course and alexis doesn't know what love is and if this is this is a totally new experience for her and if she's feeling this way step aside and and let her go through that and it's it's a very giving friendship on both sides although sometimes it doesn't seem like it is um but it is on both sides we'll be right back with more ew on set Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back. So of course it's not all about the date and all You're of like, that. I'm like laughing before you even get to the end of the sentence. It's, it's, it's just amazing. Um, Stevie wants to like go off and see the world. We saw that really touching scene in last week's episode that we talked a lot about. Um, she where takes she, the most literal possible interpretation of that. Right. She wants to see the world, so she wants to work for Larry Air. She decides she's going to apply for this. David, in a super competitive way, decides he should also apply to be a flight attendant because he obviously would be the person who got the job. He's in Patrick's clothes. It was so weird. I have to say I don't believe those are Patrick's clothes. I just do not believe that those clothes could both fit like they're not, they're just very differently built people. Yeah. Um, and I would almost feel like they would have to like fit even more awkwardly. Uh, he came on screen and I literally like gasped. Yeah. Cause it's so weird. It would be like if he showed up in one of Johnny's suits. Yeah. It's very, it helps you really think about how much costuming really reinforces characters. Why does David want this job other than he he's just competitive? I think he's just being a bratty brother again. Mm. I feel like he's just like, I could do this. You couldn't do this. This would be a terrible. I mean, I don't think he's wrong. I think no one who has met Stevie is like, you know what? You have a promising career in customer service. Like, we've seen her interact with guests at the motel. The only person who was worse at running that front desk was Moira. <laughs> Right? And so I can understand why no one would think this. The airlines and mess, when they say, like, Oh, I should mention, if anyone here is involved in the class action lawsuit against Larry Air, you are disqualified from applying. Like, three a, people stand Like, up, multiple people least. have to leave. Um, Stevie, though, winds up getting the job. 
And, and they, shout out to the guest star who played the uh, oh, like person the that was doing attendant. the interviews. The yes. She was so she was great. funny. Sure, her her way of managing David was that perfect way of like you could see exactly what kind of flight attendant she would be because she was using all of those same skills to try to manage this irate customer who was in fact applying for a job and was David. Yeah, hi Carol. Uh, it's just that some of us drove some of the other applicants here, so it might just be easier if we all just moved forward into the next round. I think it's best if you wait in the hall. Okay. Well, I'll be taking some of these complimentary peanuts then. Oh, as I pointed out, nothing is complimentary on Larry Air. Taking the peanuts, Carol. And David I, having to admit that she's more qualified was also wonderful. We talked to Emily Hampshire about Stevie's career path um, and where that's taking her. So we talked about Stevie's journey, about what takes her away for a minute and wanting to explore other options, possibly a flight attendant. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, um, let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, and then she decides to come. She says, you know what? Like, this yeah. is where I want to be. Talk to us about that journey, that side of the I journey. love that journey because that journey is, I mean, that's Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz journey. That's the lesson we all kind of sometimes need to learn is like, it was always in you and you it was always in your own backyard. Um, and so I love that. I, I also think I love a lot of Stevie that I, I realized that I have felt too in my life sometimes. Like I've never had a job job like a real job like one where it's a it, you have a lunch hour and colleagues and you can pin things up on your board about like friends and animals you have um and so I think like when Stevie uh goes to get the flight attendant job part of it was like a gift for me that I get to go into like the uh, um oh what was it called um a job interview <laughs> because I've only, only not an audition no and, the, of a and Rob's gave me my resume and I'm like where's my picture and um anyways but then I put on it was just so fun being in in that environment um yeah just this season was actually now I'm thinking of it it's so weird because usually I'm behind the desk and it's very difficult to get me me, Emily, and Stevie out from the desk because I sometimes like a director will come and they'll be like, well, why don't we open it up and like maybe you'd be making coffee or something. No, why would I do that? You're going to have to put pants on. Yes, yes. <laughs> they can just, make their own coffee. Yes. They'll be fine. And I just feel like it needs to be real motivated for me to leave that desk. But this, I realized that I only, oh God, I maybe, I think I was behind the desk this season wow which is very strange so really she really got out of course stevie going down this path means that johnny and roland are kind of on their own for wanting to expand uh, the motel business they want to get a loan um they go to a bank uh that we actually got to go see which was yes. so cool we were there for the filming of half this scene um which was actually more focused on the guest actress that played the person working at the bank yes um and it was really fun to see 
um, uh, Eugene and Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott they have like together. they're very close. They have a real rapport, and you could see that in a not dissimilar to how Eugene and Catherine work together. Like you just see this like sort of ease between them. They have a little fun. They played around a little bit, but they also just sort of help each other and they nail it and they. They get it done. That that bank we were in had been a bank that had been closed down, which was very sort of like sad small town. But also still had all of the like cubicles yeah. Yeah. and like stuff like that. Like that wasn't set dressing. They no. it was just like they it was like a zombie apocalypse. Like it just was. Everyone vacant. had been raptured, and there was a bank. Yes. Yeah. Um. So they get turned down. Um. They don't do faith based loans, which is one a of my favorite line. lines. Um. And so their next plan of action is to ask Bob because Bob has shown up in his all leather outfit. Looking like a motorcycle boss, so they're like, "Ooh, Bob must his business must be doing really well." They make a lot of leaps here, and yes. it, it's it's extra ridiculous, and it definitely doesn't go the way they think it's going to. But yeah, we we actually, uh, like we said, spend time with Eugene Levy and uh, talk to him about just well, basically everything. I love being in the basement of a bank. <laughs> yes, we're here on location in the basement of a bank. Um, so if there's any strange thunking around, that's why. It's a little serial killer down here, but in a charming way. Yeah, no, sure. I love the acoustics in here. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's actually great the for lighting singing. also, the yeah. fluorescent is amazing. Yeah, we'll get some tunes out of here in a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but we got to see uh, Johnny and Roland go into the bank and uh, apply for a loan. What does this mean for Johnny to get to try and grow the business and have to do it with Roland? Well, you know, it was a little dicey in the beginning. But I think, um, you know, at this point in the story, uh, Johnny's accepted the fact that uh, that it's he and Roland going forward. And I think the fact that Stevie has told him that she really wants to look elsewhere to see what else there is out there in the world for her, that she doesn't necessarily want to be involved in the motel expansion. Um, so Johnny is now <clears throat> going it uh, alone with Roland, which kind of means alone, but... Um, uh, Would alone uh, be easier? <laughs> well, it's funny because he's trying to get alone. Um <laughs> As he's working alone with uh, 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 Roland, yeah, no, I think he's ex at this point. I think I think he's kind of looking at Roland as a partner. And what's it been like working with Chris? Uh, it's been great to to see you guys. I, I feel like he has most of his scenes with you or Catherine, but the ones with you, like when he teaches you how to play golf. I mean, it's just so you guys seem to have a lot of fun and a great rapport together. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, you're definitely reminded you're doing a comedy half hour. Uh, no question. Chris is great. I love Chris Elliott. I'm a huge fan of Chris and he's got the kind of, uh, comic sensibility that really, gets my number he can get me laughing very easily on set so i i love working scenes with chris and this year they really made an effort to give us a lot of stuff to do together <clears throat> and um and yeah it's it's just great it's it's actually almost more fun between takes than it is actually doing the takes so jocelyn and roland 
surprise them with the news that they have bought the second motel. So they take a second mortgage out. Yes, and、uh, there's also like a moment where you see Johnny, who in a, like similar way to Moira being crushed by the croning and everything that's happening with that. You see him like just legitimately disappointed that they've missed out on this sale. But I do appreciate that Johnny has that moment on his face where he's like, "Oh God, you did what?" Like he now feels this responsibility. Um, uh, to make sure it succeeds, because oh my God, these people mortgage their house thinking we had this investor that、mm-hmm. we totally didn't have, and they were supposed to be in on the joke.、Mm-hmm. Oh God, it's a lot. I feel like it's been nice to see. I think from the you know from that season was it season one or season two finale where they're out to dinner and you see that moment with、mm-hmm. them, and I think that relationship is like it's a very different. Like the grown-ups table sort of relationship between these two couples, and they're they are all so different from each other. Well, it's like that moment when somebody's like, "You're my best friend," and the other person is like, "Oh, I didn't realize that." Yeah, and you get that kind of with them, where it's like they kind of like these are people they put up with, but、yeah. but to the to Roland and Jocelyn, like these are their best friends. They've been inspired by them. Like、yeah. it's like you can tell that they they are doing this from a place of. Like we want to be a part of this, and we want to help this happen for you, and we can figure out how to do it, and we'll all be in this together. And you can also tell that it's not totally clear whether that is what Moira or Johnny, but maybe a little bit more Moira wants from that relationship. It's complicated, and and I appreciate. I feel like I don't fully understand where it's going, but I it was interesting to watch play out. So we have Ted the turtle, who Alexis has lost. Literally she, wandering. Literally wandering. She's you know gone to、Thought、see if he's at the cafe. Oh my god! And Twyla's like legitimately worried. Yeah, she's horrified and so perf- like she's actually concerned about the cafe, which I appreciated. And Alexis, as usual, is blithely unaware that this could be a concern for any reason or anyone other than her. And if you do see Ted like waddling around in the kitchen, just feed him a carrot and shoot me a text. <laughs> I hope you're joking. Me too, girl. Love you. But luckily, we we do at the very end, the little tag at the end. We find Ted the turtle is at Johnny and Moira's room at the motel, which Johnny is very just confused about. Let's talk about、uh, the Rose family celebrity name drop of yes, the week. Yes, it's time for our moments of the week. Yes. All right.、Uh, so my favorite celebrity name drop、uh, is、um, Bill and Melinda. Speaking of yummy opportunities, John, were you able to return Bill and Melinda's call today about the? <laughs> well, you know, Moira, we're not supposed to be discussing investment opportunities at the table, no matter how lucrative they might be. But you know what the Gateses are like. Bill and Melinda, you know they're expecting your call about the investment. Yeah, wow.、Uh, you know Bill Gates. Oh, <laughs> who doesn't? The delivery of it is fantastic. And they clearly don't expect it to get in, them into trouble, which I feel like should happen more often. Like for how much they randomly drop names, no one ever sort of calls them out on it or tries to make something of it. And this is the first time you see Bob being like, "Well, since you have such fancy friends, maybe they can help me out with a load." And, and it doesn't th- just stop there. No. Because then we continue going on, and Roland and Jocelyn think、yes. that it's real. They don't get it. Yeah, they don't get it.、Oh. So be careful where you name drop Bill and Melinda.、I、yes.、Guess. Um, so that was definitely my favorite name drop. All right. So our another favorite moment that we want to discuss is Moira Rose dialogue.、Um, I have to say, I, it doesn't get better than her delivery. I think she makes like it's a great name drop, the Bill and Melinda, and it you know gives us so much more story. So that was my name drop, but it's also my favorite、uh, Mo- Moira line. It's good. It's good. My favorite is at the very beginning when she walks in on Alexis,、um, who's trying to Skype with Ted and is wearing like a pink satiny bathrobe. 
Hi, Ted. Hi, Mr. Rose. Lexus, what have I told you about putting your body on the internet? Never, never without proper lighting. Also a great callback to the episode where we learned that there are, in fact, new photos of Moira Rose that are out there. What do they look um, like? And she's just concerned that they look great and have enough people seen them. So that is by far my, that, I think that's probably my favorite Moira Rose line so far of the season. All right. So we're going to end it with the moments that made us laugh the hardest and the moments that made us cry the hardest. I think my favorite scene that I would laugh at. It's oh, it's it's such a laugh cry. Both of mine are laugh cries. So okay. my first laugh cry is the slowest animal on earth escaped from me. That can't not be a bad sign. My mom had a turtle dove that was eaten by her ex-fiance's snake. That was a bad sign. Oh my god. And it happened on Valentine's Day. Mm. And her fiance was a Satanist. I think you guys are just going through a tough time. And in typical Twilight fashion, she just delivers this as if this is like a normal childhood story that you would have about someone your mom dated. And it's so funny while also being very heartbreaking. Um, and then I would, I would say my other cry laugh moment is David's true just post-interview meltdown. It just seems like you're upset. Not upset. Just didn't feel like talking in the car. Okay. Did Carol embarrass herself by sending me away in front of everybody? Absolutely. Was the entire group shocked by that decision? Seemed like it, based on some people's faces. Now ask me if I care. Do you Don't care? care. I don't care. <laughs> and it's that perfect razor's edge of being, it's certainly funny because David is being so over the top. And then you have that moment where you're like, I feel like I shouldn't be laughing at this because you're actually having like a genuine crisis as a person. And you could see sort of like Stevie react to that moment too. And there's, there's a lot that Dan is doing right there. And I thought it was really, really powerful. So I have to go back to your favorite Moira line because it leads into my funniest moment of the whole episode to me, which is Alexis when um, she has the robe kind of half undone and <laughs> yes. David walks in and she just like flips out and in true Annie Murphy style, she turns it into much more than like, just like, a, oh, let me get dressed. She like flips her hair around. Yes. My husband and I went back and rewatched that moment about three or four times. Yes. Um, because it just was, it it's was so funny. so funny. And then the most touching is also involves Alexis. I just loved the end. It was so I've missed yeah, Alexis and Ted together. Her the and Ted booping on the yeah, screen. That was, I, had I that wrote on down yes. Ted and Alexis booping Boop. each other. Yeah. That is what I wrote down in my notes. That was the most touching moment. Ugh. I'm just like so happy to see your face. Me too. So lucky to be That is episode 603 of Shit's Creek. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm at Patrick Gomez, LA. I'm at Shana Naomi. We'll be back every week, every Wednesday morning after you've watched the show. Thank you so much for spending this time with us and loving the show as much as we do. Make sure that you like it, subscribe to the podcast, and we hope you join us next week. Uh, this has been EW Onset. Set.